0: What did Paul really mean when he wrote to the Colossians that Jesus removed the writ? And what does that mean for your eternity? What does heaven really look like? People often speculate about the presence of harps, beautiful skies, the ability or desire to fly. Today's panel is here to help us better understand what the Bible actually says about eternity. Welcome, everybody, to Skywatch Television. I'm Joe Artis Horn, and today we enter into week five of what has been an incredible, that is really an understatement, mm-hmm. yeah. an incredible series on the brand new three-book anthology from Defender Publishing, The Mystery of Jesus from Genesis to Revelation, this brand new anthology, and have we covered some ground mm-hmm. that you folks have never heard before about the life of Jesus Christ? Yeah. Reveal after reveal, week after week. And I can't wait to dive into today's program. But before we get into it, I want to first introduce who's on panel. First, he's a multi time critically acclaimed best selling author and CEO of Skywatch Television, Dr. Thomas Horn. It's good to good be on. here.
1: Thank you.
0: She's a credentialed private investigator with a degree in psychology that oversees the research arm of Skywatch TV and Defender Publishing, Allie Anderson. And she's a credentialed, ordained reverend with a degree in Bible and theology, a powerful voice in Christian television, Donna Howell. Thank you, everybody, for joining me once again. And we're almost through the series, but not even close to getting through the material in these three books. And for those just joining us, go back just trust me go back into the archives Mm -hmm. and watch programs one through four this series even as we get ready to conclude it here in a week's time again just a tithing of what is in these incredible books and i want to go over this one more time maybe bring it up on the screen the mystery of jesus from genesis to revelation brand new from defender publishing and the first book is the old testament the second book is the new testament and finally The apocalypse is covered. And again, we will never, Tom, be able to cover what is in these books, in these programs, but we're gonna take a stab at at least setting the table so people know a little bit more about what's inside this special offer. And again, this is the largest giveaway of the year. So if you're just joining us, Here in a little bit, we're going to show you how you can get your copies of these books along with some free gifts that will really help as we go into the holidays. A lot of families are struggling to buy gifts for everybody, hyperinflation, the cost of gas.
1: And Tom, we've really done something special with this package, haven't we? Yeah, we absolutely have. It's not only the biggest giveaway of the year, but this is the most important series of books by far that Defender Publishing has ever put into print. I would even go so far as to tell the audience that your library is not complete. If you're a Christian, or if maybe not even a Christian, but you love history, your library is not complete. You cannot understand the mysteries of the life of Christ, what he did, how he was predicted to arrive, Mm -hmm. what he was foretold to do. And then, of course, now we're into the apocalypse, what he will be doing in the future. This goes into details that have never been published before, a lot of them, and it is revelation after revelation.
0: Just for the audience that's here in-house that have heard bits and parts throughout the break, stuff we just couldn't put in the programs, it's just, again, reveal after reveal after reveal. Diving into the content of these books now, what is the significance of Jesus
1: removing the writ in Colossians. Donna was making this very dynamic point. Uh, there is this scene in heaven, and everybody is weeping, and John, the so called revelator, he is crying because there is a, a rolled-up scroll, and it is sealed, writing on front and back. Nobody in heaven was found worthy to be able to open that seal and to read the contents there. And again, go back to last week or week before and listen. But there was something that I wanted to say at the time, Donna, and we didn't have a, ch- a chance to do so. It's this very verse, Colossians 2:13 uh, through 14, that also goes to the kinsman-redeemer. That was the point Donna was making. Jesus, the Lamb, hath prevailed to open the seals and to read the scroll. It's this explosive place in the book of Revelation. But what many people do not know, this verse is such a mystery to almost everybody in the church. They read it. They don't quite understand. They know it's probably important, but they don't really get what the apostle Paul is even writing in his letter to the church. Here's what it says. Colossians 2, 13 through 14. Get this. And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. Now, what is he talking about here? Well, Paul was a brilliant man, trained at the feet of Gamaliel, a historian, and but he's making a parallel what everybody in that time period would have understood about Roman law so you break the law you get caught or you break more than one law so you're taken into the court system you're put into a jail room awaiting your sentence but then they bring in this Roman law required this at the time they bring in the handwriting of ordinances that is against this individual in other words the laws that they broke is literally posted on the wall outside of their prison cell as a mute testimony against them that they are a lawbreaker and that they are going to do time or they're going to pay the penalty or whatever and a judge is going to adjudicate that. But what Paul is saying here is that every one of us are lawbreakers. Every one of us have come short of the glory of God, but Jesus took the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, that was nailed to the wall next to your cell room, constantly reminding you of the laws that you broke, right? He took it off of the wall and literally carried it to Mount Calvary and nailed it to the cross. Yeah. Yeah. It's like one of the most beautiful things uh, in Scripture. One of the most beautiful places in Scripture. Uh, Dynamic. Most people don't even understand what's going on there. But these books are just chock full of this wisdom from antiquity. Yes. So,
0: Donna, as we move into the final volume of this series, and, of course, the final volumes dealing with Revelation, the mysteries of the Jesus project, there are so many ways to interpret the book of Revelation, Mm -hmm. also called the Apocalypse, which is what the third volume of this project is called. Briefly, can you tell our readers what they can expect from your work on this?
2: We do come from a future literalist perspective in that we do see that what is being spoken of in a lot of symbols, but being spoken of in the book of Revelation is yet to come in the future. But what I want the reader to know is that we don't stick to that one interpretation. Most revelation studies start above your head and only climb from there. They just talk as if you know all of this. And here's the deal, we see a Jesus people movement bigger than anything the 60s and 70s ever saw. We see a rise in the next generation very interested in prophecy. This is true for the millennial generation all the way down to the Z generation and carrying forward. And the one thing we don't wanna do is leave anybody out. So when we decided to approach the book of Revelation, we didn't go on and on for pages at every single, now now we're going to discuss purple for 20 pages. But we did say, here is what the symbols are. Here's what they're commonly meant to be, and by the way, here's why scholars decide that the beast means the antichrist, or the harlot is the world system, or the harlot is the megachurch. This is revelation simplified. Mm-hmm. That's what the reader can expect from this. We don't want anybody left out.
0: And I've said it throughout this series, and I'll say it again, these books were written so that if you're a scholar, if you're a Bible theologian, if you're a pastor that's been around and researched some of this material in depth, these books will still reveal to you, they'll still speak to you, but you can be a brand new convert brand new in your walk with the Lord and pick these books up and immediately have some of this stuff like she's explaining in Revelation. Wait a minute, there's a beast? Suddenly there's a beast? What about Daniel? But it breaks it down for you so that it's basically spoon feeding you. You've taken all of the labor out of comprehending stuff that people just glaze over throughout the Bible. Tom, tell us what you know about Antipas the martyr and the location of the throne of Satan.
1: Yeah, now we go into detail in the third volume of the mystery of Jesus from Genesis to Revelation, and so it's a lot to try to cover here, but let me say this. This is not only addressed in the third volume of this series, but it untangles a mystery around Jesus and his relationship to what he was saying when he's writing uh, to the seven churches throughout Asia Minor, but then he comes to the church in Pergamum or Pergamus, uh, and he writes uh, this in Revelation 2. 12, 13, and to the angel of the church in Pergamos write These things saith he which hath the sharp sword with two edges I know thy works and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is, and thou holdest fast my name and hast not denied my faith, even in those days wherein Antipas was my faithful martyr, who was slain among you where Satan dwelleth. End quote. So here's the interesting thing in the Greek, the phrase here, where Satan's seed is literally means where there is a throne to Satan. And scholars identify this throne in Pergamos as the great altar to the god Zeus. So important was the worship of Zeus in Pergamon that on this famous 40-foot tall altar. This giant altar. Perpetual sacrifices were made to him. And as a matter of fact, this man Antipas was martyred on that altar. He slowly roasted to death inside of a metal bull, which was the symbol, the ancient symbol and companion of the god Zeus. And so Revelation 2.13 is considered to be a citation of that event wherein Antipas was my faithful martyr who was slain among you where Satan dwelleth. Now, here's a little couple of tidbits that are kind of interesting. Approximately 2,000 years after Revelation 2.13 was written, German archaeologists removed the great altar of Zeus from Pergamon, and they moved it to Berlin to stand as kind of the grand centerpiece of the museum of uh, Pergamon. That is where Hitler first adored it, and then he went out and created a replica of it, on which he was giving all these thunderous oratories to the German people. But fast forward about 85 years, uh, a blogger by the name of El Gallo wrote, and he says, another charismatic young politician mesmerizes huge German crowds with rousing speeches in Berlin. Who was that? Barack Hussein Obama. Oh, wow. And then he asked the question, did Barack visit the great altar of Zeus? He did. But then what is really telling is immediately when he came back to the United States of America, what he did was astonishing because he created or he had created, he ordered to have constructed the construction of a Zeus-like Greek Columned stage from which he made his acceptance speech for his party's nomination for uh, president. Of course, because Greek temples such as those built to honor Zeus were considered to be the place that actually housed the entity, the demon the Satan behind this altar. He was mocked by a lot of the people in the GOP. I remember even writing about it at the time. But they mocked him. You might even remember there were two or three major newspapers that said, Oh God, right? And it had pictures of him standing up on this Greek-columned stage in -hmm. which he was giving his uh, acceptance speech. But in any case, there's some very interesting stuff. Again, we don't have time to go into all of this right now, but, but this is even connected to our modern age, because the question then is, was Obama responsible for inviting an ancient evil To take residence in the United States of America, and you can literally mark the beginning of street rioting from the time that he was elected president and he went about on his apology tour, started setting one race against another race, trying to do it as subtly as he could, and now look at where we are today with the world on fire, and it's getting worse by every hour. So we literally invoked the power behind this ancient altar in Pergamon in which the first A martyr, Antipas, was slain. I think I love my dad's catchphrase,
0: the enemy has a plan, God has a better (laughs) one. (laughs) Yes.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's so fascinating, Tom, and it's still happening right in front of our faces, and and yet we miss so much of these details. You guys have done such a good job compiling these books, and I want to talk for just a second, if we can, about the special offer that we're making available you said a couple of weeks ago, and we've just not had time to focus on this at all, but the special opportunity that we're getting ready to show people at home is a value of over $2,000. Uh-huh. These books brand new by themselves would be a retail value of $75. No library is complete without them. And yet when you take advantage of the special opportunity, you're also going to get the new Defender Publishing
1: ebook collection, which has 125 Ebooks and people, that's very popular today. You know, they often want the ebook over actually even a physical printed book, but in this case, they're getting all of the above. A package that might also include other
0: DVDs or books or specials and things. And we're doing that in part because as we head into the holidays, you know, so many are struggling to figure out what to get in terms of gifts for other people. So you may decide that you want to donate for two of these special opportunities and have a whole series of things to pass out to
1: neighbors and friends and family. Well, um, and if anybody looked... If you have a grandmother who loves the Lord, if you have a kid who loves the Lord, if you know a pastor right. that loves the Lord, their library isn't complete without this. And I'm not, this is not hype talk. Right. This is without doubt the most important thing we have ever published. Yeah. Right. And a person cannot understand the life of Christ and the prophecies surrounding his second right. coming, right. right, unless they have these volumes to explain to them the deeper That's right. truths. These girls dug under the rocks until they <laughs> wore right, their fingertips they did. off, yeah.
0: And we wanna make sure that you know how you can participate in this special opportunity. Watch this, we'll be right back.
4: Ladies and gentlemen, Donna Howell. Dr. Thomas Horn and Allie Anderson team up to bring you their magnum opus. Introducing the brand new three-volume anthology from Defender Publishing, The Mystery of Jesus from Genesis to Revelation. This new collection is being described by those closest to Dr. Thomas Horn as the most important body of legacy work he's ever written. And it's being offered right now in Skywatch TV's largest giveaway of the year. Skywatch TV is proud to announce The Mystery of Jesus Grand Giveaway. Volume 1 of The Mystery of Jesus from Genesis to Revelation begins in the Old Testament and reveals multiple ways that Jesus made personal appearances on earth called Christophanies prior to His birth through the Virgin Mary, the many links between Mount Sinai, the day of Pentecost, and the ascension from astounding but largely hidden revelations in the original Hebrew and Greek, how the words of the prophets regarding the someday Messiah preceded a 400-year season of silence and anticipation that led to dis- disastrously incorrect interpretations of who he would be when he arrived, and so much more. Volume two begins in the New Testament and demonstrates what social and political events transpired during the intertestamental period that led to a movement of numerous false messiahs whose military pursuits splintered the Jews into various disjointed sects, each with their own misguided documented messianic expectations. How extra biblical and apocryphal books written around the time of Jesus give fresh insight on New Testament characters true identity and reputation, and how that affects proper biblical interpretation, the real and largely misunderstood purpose of Christ's ministry years on earth, and why there is an apparent deficit of miraculous manifestations in our day, and we're barely scratching the surface. Then Volume 3 moves directly to the apocalypse, where you'll learn clear-cut, comprehensible explanations behind even the most enigmatic and hard-to-understand symbols in Revelation that anyone can read and understand, how Jesus, present and in all 66 books of the Bible, makes His grand and final entrance in shining glory to welcome into the New Jerusalem all who receive the free gift of salvation. And we're just getting started. Presented in three brand new volumes, The Mystery of Jesus from Genesis to Revelation is organized in a way that is guaranteed to fascinate and boggle the minds of everyone. From seasoned scholars to new believers, this is the life of Christ illuminated like you've never experienced before. When you order this incredible collection, you'll also receive the new Best of Defender Publishing ebook collection on disc. Now, for the first time, this must-have assortment features 120 of the most information-packed, best-selling books in Defender history, including the never-before-digitally-released version of the Defender Family Bible, featuring Old and New Testament with expanded apocrypha. These full-length works are in popular e-book formats, so you can read them on Kindle, EPUB, PDF, and other handheld electronic devices. Give this collection as the ultimate gift to somebody you know this holiday season. Or take them with you wherever you go. Valued at over $2,000 all by itself. But that's not all. With the holidays just around the corner, now's your chance to save big and receive bonus merchandise. As included in the Mystery of Jesus Grand Giveaway are any number of brand new super quality overstock gift books, DVDs, or audio sets to add to your library or give away as gifts this coming holiday season. Sold separately, these items hold a retail value of over $2,000. Yours now for your donation of only $35 plus shipping and handling. This is the largest giveaway of the year, just in time for the holiday gift-giving season, and is available only while supplies last. So don't delay. The Mystery of Jesus Grand Giveaway, available now at SkyWatchTVStore.com. Order now or call 1-844-750-4985. Welcome back to Skywatch
0: TV. I'm Joe Horn. We continue our discussion. We are concluding, unfortunately, but again, just scraping the surface of this beautiful three-book anthology from Defender Publishing, The Mystery of Jesus from Genesis to Revelation. And we're going to continue now with Ali Anderson, this mysterious figure known as the Antichrist. Ali, the Antichrist is a mysterious figure, a future figure. But it's clear that he'll establish an earthly reign that mimics that of Christ, right?
3: Yes, and so when we 're looking to what 's going to happen in the future, again, like so many other kinds of scenarios, we can kind of also see a parallel during the biblical times. right, so let me back up for just a minute and remind you of a few weeks ago when we were talking about the intertestamental period and how everything that was bad was going from bad to worse, and people became so desperate for kind of an answer man right. to see this Messiah rise up that every time a would-be Messiah would rise up and then be crucified, it was like their hopes would get really, really high and then they would be to dashed save them again.
0: from their political oppressors right. they're looking yes. for a savior a hero to yeah
3: absolutely now moving into modern day and into the future you know as the world continues to get more and more chaotic right. and, and defeated in so many ways with
0: it's the deteriorating Book of revelation in real time yeah, yeah talking
3: about you know pestilence and war and rumor of war and yeah. you know political friction and famine and all of these different things we'll see the population again begin to really look for an answer man and look for somebody who will rise up and save everybody. And then an answer man will come along and he's going to do a lot of things that really parallels right. the kinds of things that people saw from from Jesus. He's going to perform miracles. He does have a prophet that kind of goes before him and paves the way. He will appear to bring peace. He's going to appear to have answers. I'm sure he's gonna look very innovative and unique in his approach well, to sure. a lot of problem solving and strategic yeah. you know, prowess. And eventually, he's going to trump every other contemporary he might have at being the answer man by dying and resurrecting. And when that happens, the world is going to stand in awe and say, well, he's arrived.
0: Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And of course, then he becomes a a, a person of fierce countenance whose judgment is terrifying and almost unilateral.
1: Well, and you know, a few weeks ago, we had Ryan Peterson on talking about the final Nephilim. Right. He believes something that I also have always believed, and that is it's very possible that it's at that moment, Ali, you're talking about when he receives a deadly head wound and he dies, but then all the world marvels when he is revived or resurrected or whatever. And they see that as paralleling uh, Jesus Christ. So we agree on this point that that is probably the moment in which the God Apollo, this underworld entity that the Apostle Paul talks about, rises up and becomes the inhabitor hmm. of this body of this man known as Antichrist. So until then, he's really, you know, he's a charismatic man. But at that moment, he becomes the final Nephilim. Mm -hmm. This underworld entity rises up into him and takes possession. Yeah, Ryan
0: was phenomenal, and we had a lot of really good feedback on those shows. So go back to our archives and check out the Ryan Peterson programs on the final Nephilim. Unfortunately, we are running out of time, so I I do want to switch gears, Donna. We led this program. How many of you have seen little Kitty books? depicting what heaven is supposed to look mm-hmm.
3: like. Mm-hmm. You
0: got little baby angels. Some of them are playing harps.
3: And mm-hmm.
0: There's a lion a lying next to a lion. Yeah, yeah, the streets of gold. Somewhere in the history though, Donna, the church got this idea that heaven is a collection of clouds and harps. But you've actually studied both the millennial kingdom as well as the eternal state called the new Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And of course you have a fresh perspective. What do you think heaven will be like?
2: There are the well-knowns that you just mentioned. Streets of gold, the animals are all gonna get along. There will never be any night because the glory of God and the lamb will be the light. They're in the word and they're very clear. But it's what can be interpreted beyond that when that state is in its perfection, when human love and camaraderie and community actually connects and links at that utmost supreme level, that actually allows us to go. Okay, what would humanity even look like? Although there's not a verse directly out of the Bible that says it. Think about this. Have you seen All Dogs Go to Heaven? And there's that scene <laughs> where the one dog goes to heaven, and there's like this annoying French poodle, and she's like, "Welcome to doing whatever you wish, singing all day." And he's like, "You got the wrong guy. Send me back." But he's <laughs> bored,
0: right? He gets bored right away. <laughs> he's just
2: bored. Heaven is more than clouds and harps. Here's the thing. First of all, right now, whether you call it heaven or Sheol or whatever, it's a temporary holding room. It's kind of like a waiting room at the doctor's office. You're just there for a little while. But at the eternal state, when the new Jerusalem descends down from heaven, what we are looking at is heaven on earth. We're literally looking at the current planet being restored as it was supposed to have been before the fall of man. Now, those scientists that are sitting there singing the all dogs go to heaven line, hey, lady, send me back, because they love what they do. They're into science and discovery. They want to go out and study that tree or that salamander or whatever, figure out what the human body does over here for this reason or over there for that reason. We're going to have glorified human bodies. One of the things that a lot of people when they're first looking at the epistles is what is Paul talking about when he's referring to in his epistles about the glorified body that we're all going to receive? What is it going to be like a spirit thing? Can we fly? Can we move through walls? Can we walk on water? If you look at what Jesus actually what he did through his entire life, moments where he did walk through walls. How? We don't know. We have no idea. How did he walk on water? But he was operating in those moments in a glorified body. So we can use that as kind of our pattern to understand that we are going to be physically perfect. We will be sustained by a heavenly fruit. We will achieve immortality by the tree's leaves that is medicinally available Mm -hmm. for us throughout eternity. There's going to be all of those things, but imagine what the human, mind can do when it is restored to what God originally intended. Okay, there is going to be no bureaucratic governmental red tape that silences that scientist's discovery and says, no, 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 don't say that. It points to God. Say this other thing. It's that. There will be no conspiracy theory. There will be absolutely no sin obscuring any truth at all. And have you ever found yourself where you've got the answer and you're standing there like the answer? Man, and all of a sudden your mind goes blank, and you're like, Hang on, what's the word? What's the word? And in the back of your mind, (laughs) (laughs) like
0: 500 times today, (laughs) in the
2: back of your mind, you're standing there going, No, 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 wait, wait, wait. If I can just remember, how did I articulate this earlier? I practiced this, I even knew the words. We will have 100% restored pre-fall human expression, meaning that everything we want to express, every discovery we find on the earth, all the sciences will still be there. They just won't be corrupted by this idea that we've got to hide what we're really finding. Don't point to God. Make sure we go back to Darwin. All the stuff. Right. It's going to be beautiful. And by the way, human expression is more than just science. It's art. It's music. As one scholar said, we are going to out Beethoven Beethoven. Yeah. The line <laughs> to the throne of God will never end. Right. This is what we're looking at in the eternal
4: Wow.
0: Have you guys ever heard any of this explained like this before? Is this not amazing? Unfortunately, we're out of time, but we will be back. Our guests return next week to discuss the true identity of the 144,000 in the book of Revelation. I guarantee you have not heard about them from this particular angle. For everybody in studio, for everybody on panel, Donna, Tom, Allie, thank you so much for being here this week. Keep your eyes on the prize, which is Jesus Christ. We'll be back.